Welcome to American Patchwork and Quilting Radio, your one stop for creative inspiration. We have a terrific hour of ideas and tips for you today, so let's get to it. Here's your host, Pat Sloan. Welcome to American Patrick and Quilting's talk show. I'm your host, Pat Sloan, and we're going to do a deep dive the first half of the show into fabric because I have Cindy Cloward here of Riley Blake and Penny Rose and the new site that they've just launched for tutorials called Imagine with Riley Blake. So, Cindy, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. You know, I am so excited because you and I had a chance to talk just a little bit at when we were at a baby lock um a show and I just yeah so I you know I just thought oh this is so great because it's hard to get some time to really get to know people and um you know I would I want to do a little bit of a backstory a little bit about you know your background um what did do you come from a family of quilters well I would say I came from a family of sewers um My mom loved to sew, and my grandmother did too, but uh, neither of them were quilters. And I, I found out this last spring that actually my great-grandmother was a quilter. She enjoyed oh. quilting. But, so I'd say more sewers than quilters, but they all had a love for beautiful fabric. Yeah, so that's – so when did you – did you sew as a kid? I mean, did you make clothing and stuff? Well, I – my mother – being a sewer, she tried to teach her, I'm the only daughter, I have four brothers, oh. and um, <laughs> that didn't work out so well, that mother-daughter relationship, <laughs> so she really wanted me to learn, and she could see I had a creative spirit, so she enlisted a help of a neighbor who is a beautiful seamstress, more in apparel, and she arranged to have private lessons for me for, you know, three years with her, and I'd go over once a week. And so, and it was a great gift because my I'm the oldest, and my parents didn't have a lot of disposable income, and I know she that was important to her, so that was where I learned oh. how to sew. I know, isn't it amazing how our parents sometimes just know what we need? Yeah, you know, and they find it when they can't give it to you, you know, themselves for whatever reason, they figure it out for us. Oh, how cool. Now, the other thing that I learned about you, which I didn't know before, was that um, your sort of your first life prior to the Fabric House, um, you were a nurse. You were a nurse, and you did a lot. You did the travel nursing, right? Well, I was a registered nurse at the University of Utah in labor and delivery, and they um, it's a high-risk unit, and they also have a extension of that as flight nurses. So any woman around any pregnancy that was um, having troubles around the Intermountain West, five different surrounding states, um, they would, you know, fly them into our hospital and we'd take care of them. And so I was a flight nurse for two. I was a labor and delivery nurse for 10. Mm. And so, yeah, that was part of my background for 10 years was working as labor and delivery nurse. I've met a lot of, of nurses who quilt. Did you quilt when you were a nurse? I I didn't learn how to quilt when I was a nurse. I mean, I had made a quilt, like a little square patchwork quilt. Mm-hmm. But this was during the 90s where cross-stitching <laughs> was all the rage. Mm-hmm. And I loved to cross-stitch. And so when I would go on those long trips to, I think, Bozeman, Montana, Helena, Montana, mm-hmm. It's about a two-hour flight, and so when I didn't have a patient when I was going to the location, I had a lot of downtime, so I'd always throw something in my bag that I could cross-stitch on the way, and that's where I developed a love for hand-piecing, which I love to hand-piece now and and hand-applique and English paper piecing. I love all that (laughs) handwork, and I can find time to do that when you have moments of downtime, so... Mm -hmm. It's portable. Those yes, things are very so portable. portable. Yeah. And so you can do it in your business meetings, Cindy. You can sit there. <laughs> I haven't tried that yet. <laughs> I, that's a good idea, but I think it might Because you're running the meeting. Maybe it's a little hard when you're running the meeting. Just wait. I'm just stitching this last <laughs> unit. Yeah. <laughs> I've, uh, I've thought about it, but I've never actually done it. So I think it would be a little distracting. 
Yeah, yeah. I don't know. We'll have to give it a try. <laughs> so, so Cindy, tell me. What, now, you run the comp- the fabric houses with your husband Brett. Um, how, how did this happen? You know, was he was? I understand he was in textiles already when you were in nursing. Well, he grew up in the family business. The family business, uh, they owned fabric stores along the Wasatch Front. So he grew up cutting fabric, helping customers, you know, slipping it from the back to the front. And (laughs) so he grew up in that industry, but he got a degree in business. He um, is very savvy in business, and he was in the, you know, corporate world and we traveled around the country but his parents always maintain these fabric stores and so we um we we bought the wholesale business that my husband has now uh that we have now um in 1999 so we came back from living across the country uh from new york back to salt lake after brett's dad had passed and we had a wholesale business and it was at that time, you know, we, we started looking at the market because we were just a, a distributor. And mm-hmm. we started with flannels, and we, we made alpine flannels, which were really successful regionally. Mm-hmm. And then we saw that there was a hole in the market for bright, fun fabrics. And that's when we started getting into quilting cottons in 2008 and launched Riley Blake Designs. <laughs> Yay! We're so happy. Yes, yes. So I'm curious. Um, every company, you know, mo- well, not every company. Most of the fabric houses have, um, you know, I would call them celebrity designers. You know, they're not they're not staff designers. You know, textile designers. They're people who are in the industry and write books and things like that. Well, who was the first person you brought on to Riley Blake as your first sort of name designer that people were following already? Well, it's kind of interesting. That's kind of a trick question, I think, because <laughs> we we started out with um, scrapbook companies, which many quilters were scrapbookers um, mm-hmm. back in the day. And so when we brought um, their designs to fabric, because everyone looked at paper and said, wouldn't this make great fabric? Mm-hmm. That was probably our first kind of celebrity is they're like, this is my mind's eye paper. I love their scrapbook paper. This is doodlebug paper. So that was kind of a company that was a celebrity. But we brought on, you know, Amanda Herring, Lori Holt, Tasha Noel, um, the last couple years, Nancy Zeman for Penny Rose Fabrics. Mm-hmm. We just have, you know, we have so many amazing artists. And more recently we have, you know, the Tattooed Quilter, and um, Minky Kim, and we've got Flamingo Toes, uh, Amy Smart. I could just go on and on. I feel like we have a really strong design team. I, Like I said, Simple Simon. I could just go on and on about I our know. designers. You have quite a you have quite a number of them. You have a great um, list of them on your website under the yes. designer tab. So you know people are like curious, like, oh, do they have so yeah, so and so? Yeah, they can go see all of our artists. Yes, see all of them, and so it's quite. And, and you have such a nice variety. You know that people are doing all kinds of Thank you. Uh, Thank interesting, you. yeah, interesting work. And you even have some of your pieces like that are, like you have, I'm just looking at your screen right now, you have the Tootsie Roll timeline. You know, there's names that people recognize. Um, yeah, two years ago we started getting into licensing and our first big license name was Crayola. And mm-hmm. it's a household brand and um, we've expanded to Anna Green Gables and now we have everything from Indian Motorcycle to uh, we're really excited that we've just signed John Wayne. So mm. you'll be seeing that in the future. No one really knows about that, so that's brand new, but that'll be down the road. And, mm-hmm. yeah, that's another avenue that we are exploring, and, um, yeah, we're really excited about that. And our Penny Rose collections were launched a couple years ago for the need mm-hmm. – because Riley's known for bright, fun, modern fabrics. So we wanted to offer, you know, the sewists that were looking for traditional prints. And Mm -hmm. so Penny Rose is, you know, traditional florals. And it is a family name. The rose comes back a few generations. And it's also... that's nice. (laughs) And we have a lot of florals, so that's Mm -hmm. the rose. 
and I love the um the you know the the font and and everything just feels so perfect for the name Penny Rose. Uh yeah, that is it's um you know it's it's interesting because I think that helps people know when they're looking for a particular style of fabric they're looking for yeah. the Penny Rose style or the Riley Blake style. So very cool. Um now we have about a minute and a half till we'll take a break. Tell me you also produce other things besides quilting cottons. It's like I missed out somehow, Cindy, <laughs> on making the leggings. That I night. know, we so. had a lot of fun making leggings what? late at night at Baby I know. Lock. I think I think I just was that was my first time there, so I uh-huh. totally didn't know how things worked. And next time I'm not missing <laughs> next anything. Year you're gonna stay up late to make leggings. I'm gonna stay up late. So what are people making with your knits? And do you have to make them look different for the knits, the 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 designs? Well, the scale is definitely different because it's more for apparel wear. Um, we're limited to 12 colors, so a lot of where we have 18 colors for regular cottons, we have to decrease the colors. Uh, we are looking at bigger scales and um, think for clothing. So we really mm-hmm. look at that differently because it is for clothing. Okay, yeah. So, so, but they're they're also kind of associated still. Um, some of them with the cotton line, right? So, like if you yes, a lot of times we'll, uh, you know, a really popular piece from cotton. We'll do the main print and knits, but we also have you know a couple other substrates. We have mm. lawn, which is a finer cotton, and we also have wool too. Mm. Oh, I didn't know you had wool. That's um, that's awesome. Is it bright wool or? We have brights and then we have traditional colors and we mm-hmm. launched it under the Penny Rose brand and then we're like, wait a minute, Riley Blake yeah. needs some bright wools too. So we have, <laughs> I think we have 21 pieces of wool. So we, you know, have the darks and the brights. All right. So I'm going to have to look for that. Now, Cindy, we're going to take a little break. And um, when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about the new um, tutorials and uh, classes, online classes that you're provide. You know, you're you're hosting now. So we're going to take a little break, everybody. We'll be right back uh, in a moment. Choose from more than 100 of your favorite patterns from American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilts and More, and Quilt Sampler, all available online. Buy downloadable patterns today at apqshop.com. Hi, I'm Linda Augsburg, Executive Editor of American Patchwork and Quilting, and I'd like to invite you to join me in making pillowcases and creating smiles. For people who love to sew or quilt, it's so easy to lift spirits and bring smiles to hospitalized kids, homeless families, and others in need. Simply join American Patchwork and Quilting Magazine's One Million Pillowcase Challenge. Make one, two, or many more pillowcases and donate them in your local community. You'll create just as many smiles. Join the movement today. Find complete details, download free patterns, and record your donations online at allpeoplequilt.com backslash Million Pillowcases. Quilt along with us in 2016. Join our third annual quilt along by making a quilt, a one-block pillow, or all four projects featuring plus sign designs. Visit allpeoplequilt.com slash quiltalong for a list of participating bloggers and designers and to see photos of what staff members and other readers are sewing. Share your photos on social media using the hashtag APQQuiltAlong to join the fun. Follow American Patchwork and Quilting on Pinterest to find ideas for bags, baby projects, pillowcases, storage and organization, and more. Visit Pinterest.com backslash APQ Magazine to join the fun. Welcome back to American Patrick and Quilting's talk show. I am here with Cindy Cloward of Riley Blake and Penny Rose, and we are talking fabric, and now we're going to talk about teaching. So, Cindy, are you just a natural teacher? (laughs) I don't know if I'm a natural teacher, but I do enjoy teaching. I taught a lot, you know, when I was a nurse. Um, Mm -hmm. Actually, I worked with a lot of patients on breathing and 
birthing a baby, and it was something I loved, and I taught it at conferences of how to deliver babies. So I have experience in teaching, and now I get to do it in fabric. So it's kind of fun to do it in this arena. Yeah, you know, you have been doing, uh, at your website, you've been doing tutorials for a while with your designers, yeah. with, you know, mm-hmm. different people, you know, and you're, you're generally almost always in those, right? Yes, we, we started out, oh, I would have to go back and look, at least six years ago, uh, mm-hmm. filming online tutorials. And we've done everything from block of the months, um, where we had released, um, a video once a month showing a, block and then we finished the quilt at the end of the year and then I would feature our designers so they'd come in and teach me something that they're working on so we have a lot of fun videos we took a little bit of a break um, as we were getting ready to launch our imagine channel because we wanted to put um, improve upon our videos and mm-hmm. um, provide better quality content so we we hired a a professional cinematographer and a team to um, create these new videos for our Imagine Channel, and they are top-notch. We've seen what's out there in the industry, and we thought we could improve even more upon them. And it's a paid-for video uh, tutorial that you can access any time, and it takes you step-by-step on techniques as well as uh, finished projects. And there, you know, what I really like too is that it's nice to have a different approach to online classes. I mean, there's a lot of, um, of online classes being provided nowadays and everybody's approach and how they handle it. And, and you have a great, um, group of teachers, you know, who are also designers like Sue Daly is, uh, yeah. got quite a few of your videos and her work is spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, Amazing. now, when they do these videos, are and you have a couple of them that are free, so like there's a little mini course yep. that, that Sue has. And we're still going to do free videos. We'll still mm-hmm. have that content, but we are also, you know, providing these higher-end videos. Right. They're, they're classes, so people yeah, are, you are know, can watch them, yeah, like over and over, really learn. Like a, That's a deep dive into whatever the technique is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> we have and a film have crew to- of five people. So we have oh. four different camera angles, you know, a sound guy. So it it really is, um, you know, a much bigger. Uh, it's a much a, a, a new level of video mm-hmm. for us. It, and it's a deeper, richer experience when you do yes. something like this. Uh-huh. Very neat, and everybody can get to that from Riley Blake. Every you know, like that's like the mothership of your websites, right? Yes. You know, from yes. from we there. All that absolutely. Yay! And you also have, just so people, if they haven't explored your website, you have a blog where there's articles and you have, um, you know, like patterns that are out there. Videos, yes, Mm -hmm. free patterns. And, you know, we're improving upon our website. So, you know, come back often because it'll, it'll be better. We're just updating our blog and we're, um, we're launching a new website in December too, so come back often because we yes. it's going to look better and better. And you have a newsletter, so you know. You have just, a newsletter, yeah. Please sign up yeah. for our newsletters. It tells you the latest, greatest things that's happening at Riley Blake and Penny Rose Fabrics. So I want to ask you, you, um, you know, a lot of people have like one quilt that's kind of like a special quilt for for whatever reason that is. What is that for you? Like one that you've worked on or made. Well, I'd probably say, well, I have many special quilts. Yeah. There's one you might have done for your family. I may have Well, I recently, I have a really special one that I gave to my mother um, this Mm -hmm. past Mother's Day. So um, that quilt was made from vintage blocks she received as a wedding gift. And so when she married my dad over 51 years ago. So that quilt was very special because... She gave me the blocks um, when she was ha- cleaning out her house about four years ago, and she just said, I don't know what to do with these. You're the quilter. You can have them. And I always knew in my heart I wanted to give them back to my mom in a finished quilt. But, you know, life gets busy, and I didn't get back to it. And I made it a goal last um, fall that my 2017 goal that I was going to make my mom this quilt. So I got it finished before... 
Mother's Day, and I never actually made my mother a quilt, so it was <laughs> double special because I'm like, oh, my gosh, I've never given my mom a quilt. <laughs> but the blocks, what I loved about these blocks is they were my great-grandmother's, which I didn't find out till the day I gave my mother the quilt. I just knew that she'd gotten these blocks at a, a, a bridal shower. But they were badly sewn. They were they were nothing was squared up, nothing was the same. But I took these little blocks and I didn't want to um they were kind of a misfit collection, but mm-hmm. they were fun because they were all in nineteen thirties pattern with fun colors. So I'm like, I can work with these. Mm-hmm. And I got some of our solid fabrics, our confetti cottons. We have some great colors that are have vintage uh, mm-hmm. blue, and I actually ended up using the mint that made these blocks pop because they used a lot of uh, solid fabrics then. So I wanted to make it kind of authentic to the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I pulled it together, and I finished it with a Lori Holt border because her prints are kind of vintage and a mm-hmm. little bit modern, and it turned out better than I expected. Mm-hmm. And when I gave it to my mother... She was so touched, and she just couldn't believe it. She just said, I can't believe it. You made these blocks look great. And it, <laughs> it was a sweet surprise on Mother's Day. And then when, after I gave it to her, she goes, you know, these are were given to me from my grandmother. So it was my, you know, great-grandmother to my mom to me, finally a, <sighs> finally a finished quilt. It's, it just gives you goosebumps. It's like, yeah. you know, and then you didn't find out till at the very end who they really were made by. That is so cool. <laughs> yeah, so it made it even more special. And, you know, when I make a quilt, a quilt is never just a quilt to me. There's always love and meaning that is put into each quilt that I make. And I don't have a lot of time to quilt, so I do a lot of hand quilts. So, uh, you know, I feel like each quilt I make is something I put a lot of love into. Oh, you're very sentimental, do you think? I am <laughs> Must have been all those brothers that you have, Cindy. I know. <laughs> I had to be a sentimental one in the bunch. I get more sentimental the older I get, though. <laughs> I think maybe we all do. It's like you just think about things a bit more. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. So I have another question. I'm going to change gears one more time on you. Um, and, you know, you've done traveling uh, and traveling to teach. And one of the places you've gone is Norway. Uh, yes. what did, tell me a little bit about that. You know, we, we have about three minutes. You know, tell me, you know, did you find, what did you find about the quilters there? You know, what was Well, it was an did, event put on by three shops in Norway. And um, it was there were people from Sweden, Denmark that all came to this event. There was over 600 people that came. It was amazing. It was incredible to meet all these people that have such a love for quilting and sewing. And they're very passionate and they're excellent at quilters. I think maybe because it's so cold, they have a lot of time indoors, but their quilts were incredible. And uh, it was so fun to meet all of these wonderful people. And they do speak English because they live in countries that are kind of isolated with their language. So it was a beautiful country to visit and just a treat to meet all the quilters there. Did, was there anything you noticed? Like, did they have like certain kind of fabrics or did they do more handwork or did they like more piecing? I, the quilts that I saw, they did have a quilt show. They love handwork. Um, <laughs> Sue Daly is, just a rock star in that area of the world with her English paper piecing. So they love handwork. They loved, she was introduced to them a few years ago, but they're just beautiful, excellent quilters. Their colors were a little more softer, and um, they love the reds and the blues. And so I I, I would say that's what I noted, noticed that was a little mm-hmm. bit different. Now, can, do you um, can people contact you to come talk at their guilds? Do you do that kind of work, or is it more you go to big events? I usually go to big events. I, I started out when we were a new company. I talked to a lot of guilds, especially locally. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I, I do have a limited time. I still have two boys at home, two teenagers, and so I want to 
limit my time because I'm so busy at work, but I, I have taught in Australia, New Zealand, UK, Norway. I've taught around the country. I, I love to teach. And actually, I like to talk about the process of making fabric. So a lot of times, that presentation is not so much teaching, but I do a mm-hmm. presentation on how fabric is made and show some quilts and uh, trunk show. Yeah, that would be really interesting. That would be a great, a great thing. So people can just sort of watch, and you might just pop up one day at an event yeah. near them. That's like <laughs> there's a few places I've talked to around the country. I'm going to go up in the north um, west. And in January, so watch for that event. And I've I've got a few things. I, I, I am going to the UK to talk to a guild of 600 people um, in April, so I'm looking forward to that next year. Wonderful. So, Cindy, thank you so much for being here. Thank I you. know it's uh, it's hard for us to pick a time with your schedule, so I'm just was really glad we made it work. Yes, perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody. Visit uh, Riley Blake Designs and Penny Rose Fabrics. You can find everything at RileyBlakeDesigns.com. This is Pat Sloan for American Patrick Quilting's talk show. We're going to take a break, and then we'll be right back. Boost your sewing skills from start to finish with daily tips from the editors of American Patchwork and Quilting. Visit tips.allpeoplequilt.com for inspiration. Hi, I'm Linda Augsburg. Join me for a fun video series called Show Me How, brought to you by Baby Luck. Each month, I'll show you how to complete a simple project from start to finish. Learn new techniques, see tips, and sew a great project with me. Visit allpeoplequilt.com backslash videos to watch. Get two full years of American Patchwork and Quilting delivered right to your door for the price of one. That's a full year free. Every issue is packed with never-before-seen projects from top designers, detailed photography, complete materials lists, and easy-to-use pull-out patterns and quilting diagrams. Subscribe today at allpeoplequilt.com. Take an ultimate shop-hop tour of 11 top quilt shops. You'll find them all in the current issue of Quilt Sampler, available now at your local quilt shop or on newsstands. Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's talk show. I'm your host, Pat Sloan, and... I now have a chance to talk sort of stars and stripes with Kathy Flowers, who is the designer behind Pieces of Dreams.Kathy.com. And she has a new book called Old Oh Glory. And uh, that's what really got me excited about um, meeting her and finding out a little bit about her. So, Kathy, this is really fun. I'm so glad you wrote that book. It is gorgeous. Well, thank you very much, Pat. I'm really happy to be talking with you today. I thank you again for having me. Oh, you know, it's I. You know, we have not met yet, have we? No, we have not. <laughs> yeah. No, so we're gonna have to do that someday. We're gonna have to correct that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, tell me a little bit about your background. How did you did? Were you were you born a quilter? You know, how did you find quilting? No, I definitely was not born a quilter, and my mother did not quilt, or grandmother, anything like that. But my sister is a quilter, and she introduced me to the art of quilting in about 1976 when my daughter was just two years old. Oh, wow, that's the classic, 76. So many people, yeah, because of all the Americana, you know, for the bicentennial and everything. Oh, yes, and my sister's a beautiful quilter. And she was encouraging me to start, and I was mm-hmm. very hesitant. <laughs> and um, so what I did was I went ahead and started uh, a little doll quilt for my daughter, and I was cutting it with scissors, very primitive. So mm-hmm. I just cut little little squares out and sewed them together, and then my blanket of the, you know, the three um, layers, I just tied them with yarn, and mm-hmm. that was my first experience of a quilt. Yeah, and yeah. Um, but I, but I truly enjoyed it. I was really proud of what I had done, and so that's how I started into quilting. 
Was your sister excited that you had that you started? She was very excited, and it gave us something to share. You know, other than a lot of the family things we did together, but it gave us something unique that we shared and began to enjoy together. So yeah, she was very excited. Yeah, she goes, "Yes, I converted one." And that's like <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Um, we come from a very small town. And we didn't have quilt stores, so it gave us an opportunity to travel a little bit together and, you know, visit quilt stores and enjoy something together. So it, it was a unique hobby that we have. So when did you start um, sort of designing your own patterns? Um, you know, because everybody has, like, a reason for that. Like, was it something you couldn't find on your own? Um, that's that's kind of hard to pinpoint the why. I started mm-hmm. designing. I, uh, I, I guess I have a little bit of a creative juice in me somewhere. I like to create mm-hmm. in the, you know, the flower garden. But um, going back a ways, probably around 2010, I was um, leading the Joe Morton group at a local quilt store, and mm-hmm. really enjoying the, you know, the feel of fabrics and looking at her designs and. Just enjoying being in the quilt shop. And as she was, as we were winding down, um, the classes, I wanted to do more. I wanted mm-hmm. to explore and just started dabbling in what was in my head, putting it on paper and then trying to create something myself. And so I did, um, create a couple patterns. The local shop sold them. They sold very well. And that encouraged me to keep going. So, so that was probably back in 2010, 11, 12, somewhere in there. Yeah, I, I, I think it is super inspirational to be in a shop and to be like working with somebody's, you know, and all different people's work, you know, and then maybe sometimes deep diving you're in one person sort of, you know, seeing how they put things together. It makes, if you've got that in you, it starts to make everything click, doesn't it? It does. Because you deep diver in, you dive deeper into yeah. your own thoughts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you look at different things. We get inspiration from different areas and we, we draw from that and say, oh, I could make this into a quilt or I can make this into a block and this block connects with another block. And pretty soon as we draw it out on, I draw on paper, um, mm-hmm. to start with and before you know it, you have a quilt. Mm-hmm. So yeah, other, I'm inspired by many people. So when you um when you sort of started working that way um you know that Joe's particular fabrics and things are more traditional so were you sort of drawn to that because you've been working with it so much the traditional or were you already that was already your go-to style Well I was drawn to that I believe because the shop I was teaching in that's all they sold was the production ah. fabric Yeah so I was you know, already in what we called the dark side. Yeah. And, and I was, I was enjoying it immensely. Right. Yeah. But, um, as I started traveling from shop to shop with my sister, I was seeing a whole new side of fabrics out there. Mm-hmm. And then I started drawing away a little bit from that darker side mm-hmm. and enjoying a whole new genre of fabrics. So, I like them all now. <laughs> right. I like and, the dark, the light, the bright. I like them all. And that's what I really like about your book is because it showcases how you can do the sort of patriotic quilts, but in all different levels of fabric. They're not, you know, and you showcase that, you know, so they're not just all one style. Um, so how did you... How did the idea for your book Old Glory come about? You have you have kind of well, a, a really nice story. Well, this book is very very dear to my heart um, because my father was seventy eight years old before he graduated high school. Yeah, you know, I want to know. I want to know what made him finally do that. Well, he left high school. He was one of eight boys, and they were farmers, and he was in his senior year of high school during World War II, 
Mm-hmm. And he chose to quit school and join the Navy and mm-hmm. fight during World War II. He was, you know, very patriotic. And when he returned from the war, he went to work in a factory. All the farmland had since been sold, so he mm-hmm. couldn't go back into farming. He went into the factory. Him and my mother married, had five children, and he just never went back to high school. Mm-hmm. And he he's a, he was always a strong advocate of education. He would drill into us kids who must get your education. Um, but the night that he received his diploma, and I'm not positive how that came about. I think my youngest sister must have had a hand in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but nevertheless, when I watched my father walk across that stage at age 78, mm-hmm. I was so touched by how much it meant to him to receive his diploma, but by the respect that was shown to him and how important it was to be honored and for mm-hmm. him to salute, to salute again and be saluted. I was, yeah. you know, I was so touched. And I said to myself, what can I do to give back to these mm-hmm. men and women who give us the freedom? We, I don't think we as Americans sometimes stop and say to ourselves, why are we so free and others are not? Mm-hmm. How did we gain this? Because we, we quilt, you know, we sing, we dance, yeah, we go to school. And we don't think about our freedoms. They're given to yeah. us by the men and women that provide it. And so, so that's that really inspired you. Yes. Yeah, so. Oh, immensely. Yeah. So, and as I was designing... Mm-hmm. I thought, what a better group of people to help me give back than quilters. Mm-hmm. Quilters are such a great group of people, men and women alike. I have found them to be the kindest giving group of people I think I've ever met. Mm-hmm. So by designing these quilts and creating a book, it has allowed me to give back now to a community and a local um, community called uh, R&R at Wakanda, which um, gives back to our veterans mm-hmm. who are coming back from the military and trying to reacclimate themselves into society. So that's how I'm getting back through the proceeds of this book. Well, it's and, a gorgeous, gorgeous book, Kathy. We, um, oh, thank you so much. You know, being that my segment is you know, these are kind of kind of quick talks. Um, I want to be sure that everybody hears at least a tip from you also, um, you know, on, on something from the book. And you have one for doing some of your, um, some of your smaller patchwork, right? Oh, yes. Yes. Um, there's different methods within the book of piecing together quilts, and one of them is paper piecing. Mm-hmm. And a quick tip that I think is very important for paper piecing is it's simply keeping your seam allowances at a quarter inch. And so trimming, as you add a, a piece of fabric to your block, simply making sure that your seams remain at a quarter inch. And I do this by using a ruler that's called add a seam at a quarter inch. Mm-hmm. Uh, add a quarter inch seam. And um, by doing this, you consistently keep all your seams at a quarter inch and you don't have what I call wonky blocks. I mean, they're they're consistent in thickness. And my tip is simply keep your seams at a quarter inch. That's I mean, consistently great. you should go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, consistency is a big deal in, in, in quilting. Very much so, I think. Whether you're sewing on a machine, sewing by hand, Mm-hmm. Or paper piecing, yeah, consistency of a quarter inch seam is extremely important. Yeah. Well, Kathy, you know, I tell people where to find you, and you have a newsletter so they can uh, check out more of your work. Yes, um, they can go to my website, which is piecesofdreams-kathy.com. I do have two Facebook pages, which is Pieces of Dreams Design, Pieces of Dreams Quilt Designs, mm-hmm. or Kathy Flowers designs. I'm on Instagram at Pieces of Dreams Quilt Designs and I'm on Twitter at P.O.D. Quilts. 
Okay. So you can find me in a number of places, and <laughs> look forward to hearing from everybody. Yeah, there you go. Well, you know, your your book is wonderful. The story and the meaning and and your donation from it are all inspiring, Kathy. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Pat, for having me. I sincerely appreciate it. Yeah. When everybody can find O, o Glory, uh, who in its um, published by Martingale. So this is Pat Sloan for American Patchwork and Quilting. We'll be right back. Looking for fresh, simple, and fun projects and ideas? Check out the current issue of Quilts and More magazine at your local quilt shop or on newsstands. Join American Patchwork and Quilting on Facebook for daily quilting inspiration, tips, giveaways, and more. Find us at facebook.com backslash APQ magazine. See our editors share their tips, ideas, and techniques by visiting allpeoplequilt.com and clicking on videos. See what other quilters are up to on the American Patchwork and Quilting page on Facebook. Simply go to Facebook.com and search for APQ Magazine. Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's talk show. I'm your host, Pat Sloan, and my show is sponsored by Moda Fabrics. And I want to tell you that if you have not gone out to the Moda Bake Shop lately, if you click the tips category, there's a whole lot of um, instructional uh, topics and technique topics, and my favorite one right now is how to bake a layer cake. There's new cake mix papers, and if you go and um, look at that particular article, I love how they audition how the blocks will look using the actual papers out of the the packages, and they give you a bunch of examples of how to lay them out, and then that way you can see where your design is going to go uh, from just laying out the, f- the physical papers that you have. So that's, that's a pretty cool idea. I hadn't thought about that. So this uh, last segment of the show, I'm going to do a little Q&A. I have a hundreds, literally, of questions you all have asked me um, over time that I keep accumulating. And so I'm just going to go through some of them because uh, it's kind of fun to do that. Now, I may have talked about this one before, so bear with me because I think it's so important. I'm going to tell you again. Uh, Pam had asked, uh, you know, what is the one tool that I couldn't do without? And, of course, you know, most of us will say our sewing machine, but, like, but pretend that you have the sewing machine. The tool, in addition to the sewing machine and the thread and the fabric, you know, I'm talking about, like, what additional thing do I need? And for me, it's quality scissors because... I do a lot of cutting with scissors because of doing fusible applique. And I don't, and over time, you know, I just found out that I didn't want heavy scissors. I didn't want scissors that weren't sharp, scissors that weren't smooth. Uh, because ergonomically, it's much more comfortable if I'm using a light scissor that has good finger holes, opens and closes very smoothly, and uh, is is sharp. So that is the what I'm looking for. So when I'm cutting paper or whatever ever like that, like fusible is paper based. Um, I don't start with junky paper scissors that I own. I use um, something that I that is a good quality. So I happen to use Havel scissors that are called an eight inch shear and the scissors angled. So all of those things, plus the big finger holes, and they're open and closed smoothly, that's what you want to look for. So I highly recommend that you sort of ditch the old clunky scissors that you just grab any old time and do a little analysis of what you're using and see, you know, what, how can you improve that? How can you make something uh, and use something scissor-wise that's a little bit more comfortable and ergonomic for you? Okay, so the next question is from Charlene, and she had written a while ago, would I write a book for people who want to learn to quilt? Um, And yay, I have that book. It's called Teach Me to Make My First Quilt by Martin Gale, and my subtitle on this is A How-To Book for All You Need to Know. 
uh, I have, uh, there's nine patterns, 140 how-to photos. Basically, I wrote this book not only for people who have never quilted, but for people who are self-taught, particularly if you are fairly new or haven't branched out in your learning and you've taught yourself by, you know, doing a quilt with just squares or um, doing a quilt with just strips and you aren't, and you haven't really read a pattern. You've just followed a video, um, or a, you know, so you don't really have the whole toolbox available of quilting terms and quilting techniques that give you really nice patchwork and allow you to make really beautiful things simply and for fun. You know, have fun with it. I think sometimes when we teach ourselves, uh, which I've taught myself many, many, many crafts, so I know where you're coming from with that if you are self-taught. Um, so you, you, you miss holes. You aren't really, you don't really always get the whole picture. And so this way, my book is written for not only you who needs to fill in and, um, but for beginners too. So the projects are simple. The techniques are there to walk you through. Plus I tell you how to solve your problems. Because if you don't know how to solve them, you keep making them over and over again. And usually it's just a very simple thing. You just don't, you just don't know the answer. So there we go. Teach me to make my first quilt. It's out there. You can get it at your favorite quilt shop. Um, you can get it, uh, at my website. So take a look, uh, Charlene. There it is. Okay. I love this next question. This came from Sam and, uh, the question is, how can I organize a large ruler collection of varying sizes? I think this is an ongoing problem for all quilt makers because we, um, especially if you're a tool person, you love those fun rulers and they do the job. There's so many specialty rulers that are made to do a specific job and they do it really, really well. So when you're doing that technique or that type of quilt block using the specialty ruler is perfect but then you may have to store it you know maybe you're not going to use it again for a long time and some of them are big some of them are unwieldy and just like normally I mean I have a huge huge square that I use a square ruler I have the biggest one that they make which is um let me see I actually have it sitting right here it is oh it's like a 20 and a half inch square there actually might be a bigger one now, but that's the one I have. And so it's unwieldy. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't fit into the normal places. So a few suggestions came in on that. One, the day we were doing these, uh, you know, ask me a question list at my Facebook group, uh, Quilt Along with Pat Sloan. Leslie said uh, she has um, gotten a shower curtain and, you know, the hooks for the shower curtain and most of these rulers have a hole in them and then she hangs them on that because she has a closet to hang them in. So, you know, not everybody has a closet available to them, but if you can, that's a way to, you know, sort of keep them tidy and uh, the, the, the closets are big enough to handle the sort of odd shapes you might have. Another really wonderful way, Dottie brought this up, and lots of people do this, is if is hanging a pegboard. Just like if you went into a store and you saw a pegboard with all kinds of things hanging on it, you can put one of those into your space. Um, once again, that is one of those things that not everybody is going to have a space for a pegboard. Like, I personally don't have a wall space. I, I want to devote to that. So I went out to American Patchwork and Quilting, to allpeoplequilt.com, and if you put in, um, you know, ruler organization, you're going to get a bunch of different articles um, of of, you know, how to organize your things. So one of my favorites was called In the Groove. You've probably seen it. There's these um, holders for rulers. They're generally like a long rectangle, and you set them in. And people put them on top of their desk or different places. And this particular tip was to get several of those. And if you have a cabinet that you can put your rulers in, like if the cabinet is deep enough, um, then you can, and, and if you can make the shelf that you're storing them in tall enough for the awkward shapes, then those slots keep them organized. So I really, really like that one. 
next thing I did was I went out on Pinterest and took a look around. So people have, you can see pegboards out there. You can just put in, um, you know, ruler storage. One of the things that people have, a lot of us have cutting tables and you may have a flat side on your cutting table. So if you do, you can either, you can get hooks and then put this, so it's sort of like the pegboard concept, but without the pegboard, you just put these I think you can get, you know, like the peel and stick heavy duty hooks and you put them on the side. Rollers are generally not that heavy. They're just bulky. You know, that's the, that's the big deal. They're very, very bulky. Now I found another one that I thought was really clever. They went and put hooks on the back of their door. So a lot of you probably have a door, uh, for your space. And then, uh, they, they created like this fabric sort of holder with with pockets, big pockets. And then they ended up putting the rollers in there so that they could hang it behind the door. And, you know, rather than hanging them on a hook behind the door, which as you open and close your door, that's probably going to flop around too much. So this, I really like this because it's going to keep them contained. If you've got a lot of those smaller, odd-sized ones, you know, like hexagons and diamonds and things like that, you can put them in one pocket. Okay, so one last one, which I thought was also pretty clever. I'm not sure exactly what this is. It's like a hanging thing that, like, um, for that you mount it on the wall and it sticks out like a rod. And then on there, there are little clips. I don't even know what you call this thing. But then there are, like, little tiny clips. So... I'll put that on my page, a link to it, so you can go see what it is. But the clips are things that clip onto the ruler. So you could also use the shower curtain thing. That would probably work, too. So very cool um, bunch of ways to think about your rulers. Okay, so you want to know how I do it? In my Koala Studio, I have, um, in the main table, there's a pull-out drawer that would hold the hoops if you were doing a lot of embroidery. But because I'm not doing much embroidery right now, I put the hoops in a drawer. And so instead, I've put most of my rulers, the tall rulers, in in that slot, the ones I'm using all the time. Then it's my 20 inches too big, so I have that on the floor by my desk. And then all the smaller ones I have in their own drawer also in the Koala Studios. So the drawer opens and they're in the back. So they're like my smaller ones that are, are, are really specialty rulers. I'm not using them all the time, so I don't really need them, you know, that much. Okay, one last question from Martha. She asked me, what is a go-to, my my personal go-to pattern for a large-scale print that you don't really want to cut up? Now, for me, large-scale, um, I use my pattern Crush, which is the red and white quilt that hangs in my studio. Um, so that's what I use because I'm not using something so massively large. But that's my favorite. So this is Pat Sloan. Uh, thanks for being here. I hope you had a lot of fun and learned a lot. Uh, you can come visit me at patsloan.com where you can get links to everything I'm doing. If you're on Facebook, go to Quilt Along with Pat Sloan and visit All People Quilt, the magazine, American Patchwork and Quilting Magazine, uh, their website, um, their UFOs, challenges, and you can listen to all the back shows of my podcast on the drop down on the top right where it lists all the magazines. We'll see you next week. Remember to visit allpeoplequilt.com for more information on topics from today's show, as well as how-to videos, free printable patterns, and additional tips and techniques. Thanks for listening to American Patchwork and Quilting Radio.